Sentire Media. Hello you, you're listening to A History of Italy. Special 6th anniversary, the best of the sketches episode. Well, here we are, six years down the road, and it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's worth saying, I owe it all to you, my dear, dear listener. The podcast would be nothing without you. If a podcaster podcasts in the middle of the forest and there is no one to listen to them, are they really podcasting? But let's not dwell on that. It's a bit like Joey Tribbiani in Friends said, a moo point. It's like a cow's opinion. It doesn't really matter. The fact is you are there, you are listening, and I am grateful for it. In six years, we have recorded 163 regular episodes, plus interviews, special anti-mafia martyrs episodes, fascism 100, and various other bits and bobs for a total of 239 episodes of various kinds. Now, one of the elements that has accompanied the regular episodes are the sketches at some of the end of the episodes. If you're wondering why some episodes have sketches and others don't, it's all up to inspiration. History is full of terrible and dramatic things, but also things that are quite comical. And the sketches usually come out because they're already there, very evident, and usually very funny. There's nothing new about teaching history through dramatization. That is how it actually started when the concept of history began. Then all the way through the ancient Greeks, the medieval bards, Shakespeare and his historical plays, all the way up to the modern-day biopics and historical films. I initially started inserting the sketches with great enthusiasm within the episodes, but then a listener wrote in to say they were a bit off-putting and interrupted the flow. So, for many, many episodes, maybe 50-odd, I stopped doing it. Then, inspired by Rob and Jamie over at Totalis Rankium, I thought, why not just stick the sketches at the end? Then, if somebody's not interested in listening to them, they can not listen to them. For that group, I don't think you're going to enjoy this episode at all. So feel free to tune out now, and I will look forward to having you back at the next regular episode. Without further ado, let's head into the sketches. In the first case, we're looking at the concept of heresies, in which a pope, no real specific pope, is being briefed about some of the new heresies that are coming up, with one in particular that then stuck with us for a long, long time. Uh, Your Holiness, here is uh, the list of the latest heresies. Okay, what are they? Well... 
Um, there are some more people in Umbria who think that the church should give up its wealth. Just how the bishop gave some money to the poor, what else? Well, uh, there is a group that is awaiting the arrival of a giant turnip. Turnip? Uh, yes. Well, what are they doing? Uh, nothing. Uh, they are just awaiting for the turnip. Okay, well, leave them before now. Let me know if the turnips shows up. Anything else? Well, um, they say a man in Napoli, he uh, do a miracle. Really? What miracle? Ah, they say he make us some wine. Really? Out of water? Uh, no, they say he uh, used the grapes. So, he... Just made wine the usual way. Uh, uh, yes, I suppose. But it's supposed to be a really good wine. Just have them send a bottle then. Is that all? Uh, well... Come on, spit it out, man. I haven't got all day. Well, there is a group that says that... that what? We should all get uh, more exercise and eat more vegetables. Send... The Inquisition. The next sketch takes us back to the time in which the maritime republics such as Genoa, Venice, Pisa and Amalfi dominated the Mediterranean. The florid trade gave rise to the need for such financial tools as banking and insurance. All right there, you seem a little bit worried, Gov. Well, a bit. I have a ship full of goods leaving. That's nothing to worry about. I'm sure a clever-looking gentleman like yourself knows all about insurance. They what now? Insurance. It's a new thing now. Everybody's doing it. Well, what is it? Well, you're worried about losing your ship and your goods, right? Yes. Well, what I can do is if anything happens to your ship and your goods, I'll pay back all the money you put into it. Oh well, that's very nice of you. What a nice thing. All you have to do is sign over a tiny little percentage of your profits. You'll have made plenty anyway. Well, yes, I suppose. Well, right, where do I sign? Now, wait a minute. You're not going to settle for just regular insurance, are you? Is there another kind? Well, regular insurance will cover your natural disasters and your pirates, but what about disease? There's some nasty stuff going around, I'll tell you. And rebellions. Oh, well, I didn't thought of that. Yeah, we can add that in for another little percentage. Okay, look, let's do that now, where? Hold on there, hold on. Have you heard these religious nuts who are waiting for the arrival of the giant turnip? Now, I'm sure a rational businessman like yourself doesn't believe a word of it. Indeed, that's a nonsense. Ah, but are you sure? Better safe than sorry, I always say. Are you willing to take that risk? What if the turnip shows up before your ship comes back in, eh? But... No buts. Think of your children's future. Do you want to look into their poor, hungry little eyes and tell them that they're too poor to have food because their dad simply refused to take out turnip insurance? Well, no, but... That's more like it now. 
Where do we stand on dragon attacks? Dragons? Really? No, I don't think... Ah, you'd be surprised. You know, my cousin just last month set out with some ships and even an armoured galley as they were making their way out onto the... Right now, let's go over that again. We've got regular disaster and pirate insurance. Disease insurance against acts by divine beings including but not limited to giant vegetables sea serpents and other monstrous creatures insurance unpleasant mother-in-law insurance hysterical pregnancy sudden and permanent loss of fashion sense severe antisocial flatulence and accidental death from tripping and being stabbed by precariously balanced sword dagger or halbard all of that for a laughable 138% of profits. Oh, mmm, 138%, you say? Yeah, terrible, innit? I'm practically giving it away. Next, we go back to the mid 13th century. Insul, son of Holy Roman Emperor Frederick II, is made King of Sardinia by his father, although he wasn't really King at all of Sardinia, especially because the Sardinians didn't agree at all. Anyway, Enzo was captured by the commune of Bologna and kept as an illustrious prisoner there, spreading all sorts of rumours among the populace. Have you heard there's a king being held in their new palace? Really? Which king? Yeah, really, I think they said he's the king of sardines. Don't be silly, that's probably just a nickname. He's probably a king of the fish in general. Look, here comes one of the men of the commune. He'll know. Morning, sir. Good morning, good citizens. Is it true you have a king of sardines in the palace? You mean king of Sardinia? Well, yes, but he's not really a true king. I heard they call him the little falcon because he can transform into a frog. Well, that would be silly. If he were to transform into anything, I suppose he would transform into a falcon. Aha! So he does transform. Is he a wizard as well uh, as the king of fish? No, no, good people. He... I heard he got a girl pregnant. How could he? He's been locked up. He got my uncle pregnant. Your uncle? Well, he got better. He's not pregnant anymore. The falcon frogfish king must have eaten your uncle's baby. Really now? That's horrible. I heard that he's really the great turnip in human form. Now let's not start that again, please. I heard he eats rocks and farts fire. Now that's just silly. I heard that as well as falcon and frog, he can turn into a fly. Now, really, if he could turn into a fly, he would just fly out and go back home. He's escaped? You mean a baby-eating, fire-farting, falcon-frog-fish-fly-king is loose in the city? We're all going to die! Who will think of our children? <coughs> oh dear, I wish the Enlightenment would come soon. In the early 14th century, Sardinia fell definitively to the Aragonese. 
Other forces which had held lands on the island, such as the Republic of Pisa, tried occasionally to get bits back. At a certain point, not managing to land, an agreement was reached between the Aragonese and the Pisans. We feel it might have gone something like this. Okay, so we are here to see if we can reach an agreement on the battle, since you cowards won't engage at sea. I object to the word coward. Well, what do you call someone who will not give battle? Differently brave. Right. Since your differently brave choice to not engage in battle, we propose to allow you to lend. Oh, how nice. Thank you very much. You will disembark on the 25th of February. The 25th? Yes. Problems? Well, it's my auntie's birthday, you see, and she makes these most amazing cakes. It would really be a shame to miss. Uh, on the 26th? What time? What time? Does it matter? Well, if we land in the morning, we could take advantage of the sun and perhaps do a little sightseeing. That part of Sardinia is lovely, even in the winter season. Then again, we could land around tea time and perhaps have a snack on our ships first. Uh, okay, su surprise me. Ah, yes, good idea. I like surprises. Speaking of which, do we get a landing present? Landing present? We're, we're organizing a battle here. N not, not a wedding reception. Well, that's no excuse for being rude. Fine. My gift will be my sword stuck in your bowels. Ah, speaking of which, since we are setting out the rules for battle, must we really use swords? Well, what do you suggest we use? Well, we have these French traders who have bought a new sort of bread. They call it baguettes. You, we could use them. Swords are really sharp and dangerous after all. We should fight using bread? Yes, then if someone gets hungry during the battle, they won't have to leave the field. Of course, we have to make sure that everyone is super honest. And when they get hit with the baguette, they should lie down. That's ridiculous. You're so boring! No, I'm not. Anyway, the landing operation will be overseen by a contingent of knights. Oh! Goody, will they be serving refreshments? Refreshments? You're lucky they won't rain a hail of arrows upon you. Well, that's not very hospitable. Could they at least sing something? Let's just see how things go. I was really hoping to get more out of this agreement. Can we discuss hats and floral arrangements? I give up. The early 14th century in Florence saw the rising power of the trade organizations and guilds. They became so powerful that they managed to oust the noble landholding class from power. And from then on, everybody rushed to demonstrate that they weren't really nobles at all. Order, order. This session of the representatives of the arts is now in sessions. I'll just call the worlds. Will makers. Present. 
bakers, present, doctors, present, judges and notaries, present. Right now we have called this important meeting. Um, excuse me. Yes, what is it? You, you forgot to call me. Well, who are you? I am the representative of the back and bottom scratchers. The what? The back and bottom scratchers. Oh, um, that's job now, is it? Well, why, yes, sir. I'm surprised you don't know of us. We control a large area near the river. Uh, what is it you do exactly? Well, we scratch backs and bottoms. Isn't that something someone can do to himself? Have you ever tried scratching that place on your back you just can't reach? Well, yes, but I usually get my family to do it, or a friend, or just use a stick. Ah, well, you've never had your back or bottom scratched by one of us. <laughs> but if our services are not welcome, I'll just go back to my colleagues and tell them... No, that... no, there's no need to get annoyed. The back scratchers are welcome. And bottoms. Yes, sorry, and bottoms. We had to expand our area of influence after the great itch of 73. Yes, yes, I'm sure it was tragic. Now, if we may proceed... Uh, um... What now? I, I wish to, to be represented. And who are you? I'm a um, goat comedian. Say what now? A, a goat comedian. I make goats laugh. For what purpose, may I ask? Um, the milk tastes better. All right, all right. As long as we can get this started, we'll add the goat comedians. Um. Oh, for heaven's sake! We're trying to get a meeting started here, and all these weird professions keep popping up, and I had quite enough. Right, let me now call the revision well. Wool manufacturers, bankers, notaries and judges, back and bottom scratchers, goat comedians, belly button lint inspectors, nail clipping disposers, horse whisperers, dark and adult waterfowl whispers, and of course the corporation of those who get very drunk and stand in a corner of the square shouting out abuse at those on the other side. We are here today to decide on the nobility of one snooty son of Haughty of the Posh family. Here I am. You are suspected of being a noble. Who? Me? No, indeed. I haven't a noble drop of blood in my body. Don't you know? One might say I'm one of you, a, a commoner. Well, you certainly sound like a noble. Ah, um, well, governor, you're joking, aren't you? I'm your average Joe. In it, uh, apples and stairs, sisters blister, um, have a baker's and all that. What are you talking about? You sound worse than Dick Van Dyke. Who? Never mind. If you aren't a noble, what about all those horses you have? Ah, they're not horses. They, um, they are my cousins. Cousins? Yes, 
They're just very ugly. This is all ridiculous. Ah, whoops, <laughs> would you look at that? I just accidentally dropped a big pile of florins on your desk. Silly me. Um, I'll just leave them there, shall I? Oh, uh, well, come to think of it, you're probably not a noble after all. Off you go. Oh, thank you very much. Although not actually a part of Italy, the Republic of San Marino is an interesting anomaly in Italian history. They managed to maintain their independence not only through strong defences and weapons, but through legal battles, which may have gone something like this. Right. We are here to decide the case of the papacy versus the Republic of San Marino. Now, if I understand correctly, the position of the papacy is that they should own everything, absolutely everything in the whole world, especially that dumb little city on that rock over there. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Well, the position of San Marino is that they have always been free ever since some dude and or his bear said you were. That's correct. I would also like to add, for the record, that the Pope stinks and is boring and a giant party pooper. How dare you! Noted. What? Do you have anything else to add? Yes, we put our towel there first on a chair. Ah! Towel on a chair, eh? Well, that is important. What do you mean important? Quiet, please. Anything else? Yes, someone licked all the rocks on Mount Titan. All the rocks licked them? Really? Impressive. Yes, it was Lorenzo of the Long Tongue. Is there any proof of this? Yes, his cousin saw him do it. This is silly. How does licking things make them yours? Well... Have you never licked your food so no one would steal it? There you go. That is a good point. That is ridiculous. Anything else? We wrote our names on the walls. I didn't see that. We wrote them inside. Well, there's quite a lot here. Any closing arguments? I didn't want to bring this up, but... Go on. We called dibs. Oh, well, why didn't you open with that? That settles it. I hereby assign the lands upon Mount Titan to the people of San Marino forever and ever. Or at least until they run out of towels. Thank you, Your Honour. In 1454, the Peace of Lodi put a temporary end to fighting between the great powers in Italy at the time. The Republic of Venice, the Duchy of Milan the Republic of Florence, the Papal States, and the Kingdom of Naples. The Peace of Lodi then gave way to the Italic League, also known to us as the Best Friends Forever Club. Okay, so let's get the first meeting of the Italic League started, also known as the Super Cool BFFs Forever Club. Woo-hoo, yeah, yeah. Woo, woo. Okay. First point on the agenda, we need to agree that membership in the League means that if any member is attacked, then the other members have to come to their aid. In what way? Well, military support, of course. 
Ah, well, that's going a bit too far, don't you think? Well, what else could we do? Well, a nice friendly letter of support can go a long way. I love to receive mail. Well, that would do no good at all if you're being invaded. Well, it would help you cheer you up. You're not taking a very positive position on this. Well, you're suggesting that a friendly letter could help us in case of an invasion. What about a friendly letter and a nice fruit basket? Ah, well, I do like fruit baskets. Okay, so let's write that in case of an attack on one member of the League, then the others will intervene militarily unless they don't feel like it, and then they can send a friendly, supportive letter as long as it's accompanied by a basket of fruit. Yes, good. With at least four different kinds of fruit. Well, yes, of course. What a great club. Okay, so, next order of business. We need to think about extending the League to the Pope and Naples. Oh, really? Those guys are such losers. Yeah, I know, but, you know, we're only half of the peninsula and it's better to have them on board in case they cause any trouble or anything. And look, here's Naples now. Hey, hey Alphonse. Oh, so now you're talking to me after totally ghosting me with the Treaty of Lodi. We never ghosted you. Didn't you get our letter? No. Well, we definitely sent one, yeah. I mean, um, are you sure you didn't get it? Well, I can ask. I may have been intercepted. Maybe by those Malatesa from Rimini or something. Those pigs! Yeah, yeah. We even sent you a lovely fruit basket. Ooh, I love fruit. You guys. Anyway, we want you to join our Italic League now. Really? Yeah, we also call it the BFF's Forever Club. Awesome! We should get friendship bracelets. Um, I guess. Yeah, man. Whatever floats your boat. So, you in? It depends. On what? Is Geneva joining? Well, we, we hadn't thought about it. I don't want him. Why not? They were mean to me. They broke my boat so they won't let me play with Corsica. Okay, so no Genoa, okay. And no Malatesta. Why? You said they stole my invitation letter and fruit basket. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Oh, all those dastardly Malatesta was definitely them. And the Manfredia Faenza. Why them? They said mean things about me. What, what did they say? They said my armor makes me look fat. Well, you could stand to lay off the mutton a bit. What? Nothing. Just that Manfred is a big twit. Out with him. Good. Right. Well, that's it then. We are all members of the Italic League, or the super cool BFFs forever. And from now on, any one of us who is in trouble will be helped by the other members, as long as they feel like it and it's not too much bother and they don't change their mind. What a great league. We now head to the end of the 15th century, to the Milan of Ludovico il Moro, who is commissioning a painting of his love, Cecilia Gallerani, to one Leonardo da Vinci, who hasn't quite understood the instructions. Ah, Leonardo, here you are. I'm really looking forward to seeing your work. Well, I'm sure you'll be very pleased, so without further ado, here you are. Uh, well... What do you think? Are you speechless because you love it? Actually, 
I mean, on, on the plus side, great color, incredibly vivid. I mean, I feel I could almost reach into the painting and actually pick it up, but... But what? It's a painting of a piece of cheese. Isn't that what you asked for? I remember you saying, paint me a portrait of a piece of cheese. No. What I said was, I would like a portrait of my lady Cecilia Gallerani. That doesn't sound a lot like paint me a piece of cheese. No, doesn't at all. So you, you see the problem here? Yes, you need to enunciate better. Quite what I meant. Anyway, okay, so you want Cecilia Gallerani in the painting. I did wonder why she was constantly hanging around my cheese. Come back next week. Very well. One week later. Okay, my genius, what have you got for me this time? Well, I'm sure we've got it this time. Madonna Cecilia is definitely in the painting. Good, good, molto bene. Here you go. Uh, where is she? Right there, left-hand corner, widen the elephant. The elephant? Yes, yes, splendid beast. I put you in too. Did you now? Yes, look, there you are, playing cards with the dogs. Dogs playing cards. Yes, well, you... You don't like this one either. You're both in the painting. Perhaps I'm not explaining myself right here. That's for sure. Yes, well, I would like a painting in which I can look at my love when she's not with me to gaze upon her beauty and only her beauty, not that of collected exotic animals and game-playing pets. That sounds rather boring. Well, humour me. Perhaps you could have her holding something to make it a bit more interesting for you. Ooh, like the cheese. Well, maybe not the cheese. Very well. I'll sleep onto it. Come back next week. One week later. So, Da Vinci, I'm almost afraid to ask. Don't worry. One painting of a single woman, no interesting animals, no flying machines. Ah, my lady. It's almost as if she were standing before me. She didn't have legs, you mean. But you know what I mean. It's, it's almost perfect. Almost? Yes, it's just, what is that object she has tucked under her arm? A ball. A ball? But, but it's an oval. Ah, I hoped you'd ask. Mm. I believe that one night I was visited by a mystical vision of the future. Really? Yes. I dreamed of a land far away across the ocean where a new great civilization will rise and create a game with an overball and that they would throw to each other and catch and run with it under their arm and clash like big handsome gladiators. They will call it football. Football? You said they were throwing and catching, presumably with, with their hands? Well, that part wasn't clear to me. It was just a vision after all. Would many play this game? Millions! And you can choose your group of gladiators with different colours and chant your, su your support at them like in a tournament. For example, there will be the eagles of the city of Brotherly Cheese. Uh, here we go with the cheese again. 
and those who love them will live with bitter disappointment for decades, then have one sweet moment, then more disappointment, but not as much as the boys of the cows. Will these warriors play in women's clothes? I don't really know. Well then, perhaps instead of this ball of the feet that is of the hands, you could paint an animal or something. Ooh, yes, I can paint a jewel. A small animal. Perhaps one that could represent an aspect of her character or, or virtues. I know. An ermine, a symbol of purity. Yeah, right, purity. What? Nothing. Ermine it is. I don't know who's going to want to stare at some lady with an ermine, but you're the boss. Next, once again, a real-life rather comical situation. When the Pope sent a letter of interdict to Venice, they just pretended they hadn't received it. Right, Mr. Ambassador, here you are. Your silly republic won't lay down their weapons, so take this. Boom! Interdict, baby. You got burned. Take what? This letter, of course. The one I'm handing you. I don't see any letter. This one. Here, I'm handing it to you. No, sorry, don't see any letters. Are you feeling okay, Your Holiness? Perhaps you need a map. How dare you slap an official letter out of the hand of the Pope? I didn't. Yes, you did. You, you naughty ambassador. Nope, didn't. Well, no matter. I shall send it to the Patriarch. And anyway, you have been officially informed. Informed of what? The interdict, of course. The minty split? Interdict. I'm sorry, Your Holiness, but I can understand if you mumble. Could you write it down, perhaps? <coughs> There's no need to get hysterical now, is there? Interdict! Interdict! Venice is under interdict! Well, I'm sorry, you're breaking up here. Can't get anything. What on earth are you doing now? Talk to you later, maybe when the communication is better. Bye! <coughs> We'll see about this. Messenger! Yes, Your Holiness. Take this to the Patriarch of Venice immediately. Right away. Two days later. Yes? Are you the Patriarch of Venice? Why do you ask? I have a message from the Pope. An interdict on Venice. I'm not him. Are you sure? You look like him. Nope, sorry. The Patriarch is indisposed. Oh, is he? Well, could you take this letter for him? Nope, sorry. Why not? I am also indisposed. What's wrong with you? Uh, plague. Uh, you don't look like you have the plague. Well, I'm getting better. Well, I, I've come all the way from Rome. Uh, can't you just take it? Nope, sorry. Far too indisposed. Bye. Well, I'll, I'll just uh, put the letter under the door. Oh, no! What? 
The leather just burst into flames. What a pity. I was just about to read it. I suppose I'll never know what it said now. It was an interdict. Venice is under interdict. Winterspit? Interdict. I-N-T-E-R-D-I-C-T. Sorry, I don't know how to spell. I am far too indisposed. Come back later. Next, yet another situation in which history is actually more comical than anything you could come up with. When the Este family of Ferrara were accused of being a little bit naughty by the papacy, they were condemned to take a religious exam. Right, you naughty Este, it's time for you to redeem yourselves and face the trials that await you. Do your worst, priest. We fear no torture, no inquisition will bend the spirit of the house of Esther. Aha! We'll see about that. I hereby sentence you... What, Duak? Wet hot pokers, dragged by horses, we can take it. I hereby sentence you to take an exam. <gasps> Dear God, you monster, have you no soul, man? My decision is final. An exam with quills and parchment and everything. No talking for 45 minutes. What? 45 minutes? Is there no end to your cruelty? None of that. It's no mercy for you. The exam will be Friday week, just after breakfast. Next week? But Aunt Harley gives us any time to study at all. Well, you should have thought of that sooner. Are you sure we can't just get a little bit of torture? Here, break my fingers. I will not be swayed by your pleas. A nice sound flogging in the public square. A week hanging in a cage. Have mercy. Not an exam. Enough. Ten days later. you put for number seven? I put true. Are you sure? That doesn't sound right. We're not allowed to commit adultery. Yeah, sounded weird to me too, but I'm pretty sure I read it in the manual. Oh, crap. There was a manual? Was it that bibble thing you were reading? Yeah, also number 13 is correct. You aren't allowed to eat brats and owls. Really? I like a spot of owl soup now and then. Well, can't it's a sin. I'll have to stick to meat and cheese, then. You can't do that either. Exodus 24-19. Gosh, this is complicated. You can get stoned for lots of stuff that's fun. Stop talking, please. Time up. Put down your quills and hand in your parchment. I say, stop writing, please. Hey, stop writing. Oh, right, here you go. Our last sketch takes us back to the beginning in a perfect circle, with the average medieval man worried about his sins, praying to a god that has a strange form. Dear Lord, please forgive me, for I have sinned against you. What do you wish to confess, my child? Dear God, is that really you? You have never spoken to me directly before. Well, you're always calling me, and I was on a break, so I thought I'd take your call for once. Oh, thank you. Thank you. What an honor. What a real gift. I'm so privileged to behold you. Yes, yes. Don't mention it. What's up? Ah, yes. 
I must confess my sins and feed on only bread and water or face eternal damnation. Oh, don't get all panicky about that. I see all and I haven't seen you do anything naughty in my sight. But my lord, I lay with my wife on your day, on a Sunday. So that's a great way to spend a Sunday. But the priest said... Look, those guys mean well, but they do tend to get a little over-enthusiastic. But we, um, changed positions. Like what? Well, the dog and the aardvark and the gliding platypus and the sitting seagull and the uh, rampant guinea pig. Huh. I should have been paying more attention to you guys. Anyway, take it easy. As long as you and your lady love each other and are enjoying yourselves and don't feel uncomfortable, even with the rampant guinea pig, then you're fine. But all the rules and punishments... Listen, I try to get through to all of my children in ways they will understand. You guys on that side of the world really liked when my son, which was still me, came down and taught you what to do, and his friends wrote down a manual. Just follow that for my sake. Just love each other and be nice and help out the poor and embrace those that are different and forgive and all that stuff. Especially stop hating each other just because you're a little different. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I can do that. There's just one more thing. Now what? Well, um, there's this tree in the woods. Well, I should hope so. There should be a lot of them there. No, it's just that there's this one. I call her Sandra. I, I really love her. What's not to love? Trees are one of my best creations. Get this, in your future, at least I think it's your future, have you guys done the printing press yet? Well, anyway, there's this guy, Joyce Kilmer, who wrote a poem. It goes, I think that I shall never see a poem no, as... No, no, no. I mean, I love her. Ah. Uh, okay. I really should have thought this whole free will business through. Anyway, um, well, just just beware of splinters. Yes, Lord. A and one more thing. Yes? Well, they say you created us I in your own image, and I can't really see you because of all the, you know, holy light, but you seem less human and more rounded, like some kind of vegetable, maybe you'd like a... T that is enough! Well, I hope you enjoyed that special episode of The Sketches. And I hope you continue to listen to the podcast as we move into the modern age for another six, seven, eight, who knows how many years. And it's a great idea to start the new year by becoming a Patreon supporter. Indeed, on Patreon, you get a monthly edition of The Sketches without the boring episode before it with your subscription, as well as a lot of other extra content and ad-free episodes. If you don't want to commit to Patreon, you can support us on PayPal and on Tippy. Thank you very much, grazie mille, if you decide to do so. Remember, you can also get in touch. Hello at historyofitaly.com and also on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or head over to our website, ahistoryofitaly.com to browse through the rest of our content. 
Once again, thank you very, very much for listening to this episode and to the podcast in general. And until next time, arrivederci. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.